You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, where we're overcoming trials with triumphs. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me again today. I have a very special guest, as usual, right? All my guests are special, but Dr. Seabright has joined us all the way from, is it Nigeria? Is that where you're located right now? Yeah, Nigeria. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm very happy about this show. I'm really excited about it because um, many of you have heard me talk a little bit about things like cyberbullying or, um, you know, even time to time we'll mention different cyber crimes, but I've never had an expert on my show. So thank you for being here. Nice to be here, Prati. Nice. Thank you. Would you tell our listeners a little bit about where you are from and how you grew up? Oh yeah, okay. I'm I'm from Nigeria, uh, from a little community called Bodo in Ogoni. Ogoni is the southern part of uh, Nigeria, um, the oil the oil rich part of Nigeria. Um, so that's where I was born and grew up um, all my almost all my life. I've actually moved out and back, you know, but uh, most of my life has been spent there. Um, had my primary, my secondary, and my initial university education there. I had a first degree in computer engineering. Um, also, that's from the River State University. I, I had a master's degree as well from University of Potakot in telecommunication engineering. Um, I have had about two decades of experience in, in different um, areas of the information technology uh, spectrum, starting out as a system administrator, going into programming, going into GIS, that's just special analysis, and then um, ending up in um, cybersecurity and digital forensics. I, I, I also have another master's degree um, from the University of the Cumberland in the United States of America um, that was in digital forensics. I also um, went further to do a PhD in that, in that area also from the University of Cumberland. So, um, Following a lot has been happening, and I'm sure you see a lot of news about Nigeria, cyber, cyber crime, and all of that, you know. And um, the unfortunate thing is that, um, you know, the relationship of the cyber criminal and the victim is one to many. So one single cyber criminal can make thousands and millions of persons uncomfortable, and somehow it gives you the impression that there's so many people out there after you, but it could just be one person and spreading out all of these messages and all of that, you know, and it's uh, basically the case with Nigeria, lots of good people, uh, but, you know, certain persons also are there doing these things. And um, I think I was motivated by the fact that I, I also wanted to change the story. I wanted to use my, my talents positively. I wanted to raise in the next generation of very positive people, um, young people who use their information technology skills perfectly, for the good of humanity, for um, actually, you know, fighting things like cybercrime, fighting um, computer-enabled crime, and um, also building very functional skills in, in in young ones. So that's that's how we came to set up uh, digital footprints, uh, which is uh, uh, one of the best, one of the most structured. Or in fact, I give the first uh, proper digital forensic company um, around here in Nigeria. And um, so far, it's been very good. Mm -hmm. So one thing that happened to me not that long ago is somebody wrote to my website, sort of a threatening message. 
And they thought that they were doing it anonymously because they filled out the contact form, but they didn't realize that a lot of contact forms collect information like um, IP numbers and things like that. Um, could you tell us a little bit about, let's talk about the criminal side of things, um, how people think that they're going to be sneaky online and they don't realize this digital footprint. So what, first, I guess, is what is a digital footprint? Um, it's basically what you have in the terrestrial world. You walk on a beach, you walk outside, you leave your footprints. Um, the same thing in the terrestrial world happens in the digital world. So um, anytime you interact with an electronic device, you also leave your digital footprints. And in this case, if we zero in into the internet, so basically that would be a trail of data you leave behind, you know, basically when you use the internet. And then this could either be active or passive. So for instance, um, active are the ones you voluntarily give up. So um, when you want to register for some service online, you put your email, you put your name, date of birth, and all those ones, you voluntarily give that. So you are actively participating in that, in leaving your footprints. They are also the ones that you, um, you know, aware that data has been collected. And one one very common way that happens is through what is called the cookies. A cookie is basically a small text file um, in the browser that stores a user uh, browsing session. You know, the, the idea originally was for good, which is to kind of monitor your session and be able to assist you the next time you go to the same site so that they kind of know your preferences. But these small files can also collect a whole lot of information um, that could, you know, potentially be termed invasion of privacy. Uh, which is why, you know, in different jurisdictions, uh, there are laws that go against uh, uh, the, the the flagrant use of session cookies and, and other cookies. So, for instance, in the in Europe, I'm sure you know about the the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation. Um, they allow cookies as long as the user consents to it. So, and the, the element of consent has to be there. So, basically, digital footprints is that trail that you leave behind. And like you noted, um, the, form, the whatever the person was sending that mail from, he probably didn't even know that he was leaving the footprints. So in that case, that is a passive uh, footprint because he didn't participate in it. Um, your IP address can be tied to a location. So basically when you uh, browse and you use your IP address, it, it's, it can be tied to a location. Although there are ways to, you know, technically alter it, or perhaps also to use uh, what we call the VPN, which basically mask your um, IP address. Mm -hmm. So, um, what would you tell somebody who has been harassed online? Um, who do you even go to for something like that? You offer services, don't you? Um, you know, sometimes um, people tend to downplay. Um, these things, but they're very, 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 very severe. We've seen cases where people commit suicides uh, because they were harassed online. So it's something that's very serious. It's a very serious thing. I think the first thing to do if you, um, for instance, somebody is cyber stalking you, and this will vary from person to person, a safe thing to do if you're a child, for instance, would be to quickly report um, such a thing to your, your guardian or your parent or your teacher in school or something so that they can activate the necessary protocol for that. And if you're an adult, um, cyber stalking in most jurisdictions is actually a crime. There's a cyber crime. So when somebody commits a crime, you actually report the person to the police. So it's always good 
to report. You don't wait for, for the person to gain too much information or to gain um, so much psychological edge over you. Um, you report. If, if it's a case there where you notice that there was a data breach, a data breach, because sometimes it is the data that they get from you that they use to cyberstalk or, or harass you. You know, so if you notice a data breach, um, the first thing you do, if it's a service that, for instance, involves uh, financial service, you can quickly alert your bank to say, look, you suspect a data breach. Um, you can also quickly change all of the passwords to your devices and to your accounts and also um, lodge a complaint to law enforcement agencies as well. Like I said, um, it might start little, but if not well managed, um, it could lead to something more serious. So it's something we should all take uh, pretty serious. Right. I definitely agree. Um, I know a few years ago I had a, an issue and I took it to our police department, our local police department, even though um, who was sending it was not local, then I would at least have that recorded in case, you know, something happened to me. Um, and then also if they kept doing it, you know, we could we could take other action. But um, so tell us a little bit about why and how you ended up getting into cybersecurity. I mean, that's Obviously, you're really smart. You told us all about your background. That's inc you have an incredible brain. Um, but what made you decide to do that? Um, like I said, I think um, it was something that was. Um, I, I kind of looked at my environment and um, I saw that there was a question to be answered, and that question was a question of expertise. Um, I saw that um, that was an area that um, there weren't so many persons around. It was exclusively. Um, the game of the law enforcement agencies. So they were really the ones who were into things like digital forensics. But um, I believe, and like we already know, this is not necessarily a law enforcement thing because you use the tool even for normal routine investigations, for normal uh, you know, administrative investigations as well. So it mustn't necessarily be uh, criminal in nature. But like you know, there are lots of um, stories about caseloads of cybercrime in Nigeria and all of that. So um, I, I was motivated by the fact that um, one, I like to solve problems. I'm, I'm inclined to, it's an exploratory discipline. It's a discipline that's when you start, you probably don't know where you're gonna end up in trying to look for what you're looking for. So I naturally, I'm kind of um, attracted to those kind of uh, solving problems in that regard, but particularly in this in this in this instance, which is to solve uh, cases as it concerns cybercrime. Um, by the way, I'm a civilian, so I don't prosecute. I don't have anything to do with that. But we can assist organizations. We can assist individuals as well. Um, just um, if there are cases where. And the capability is not there, institutional capability is not there, and we are there to be able to support um, whatever institution that there is to protect their data proactively and also to step in if something happened as part of um, incident response or as part of uh, a business continuity plan, because even uh, forensics itself is a key element of incident response plan. Mm -hmm. I think especially nowadays, you know, um here in America, we always watch, you know, watching the news, you hear about these stories where they're trying to solve an, an unsolved crime. And a lot of times they're able to track the criminal through what they call pings um, through the different towers on the cell phone. So um, what kind of people can come to you to ask you for help? And what exactly um, do they need to do to contact you? 
Um, any, any, anybody um, who has um, an issue, a challenge, as it concerns, um, you know, not just cybercrime, but any kind of incident that has a, a bearing on an electronic device, um, either um, it could be mobile phone or computer phone or, or, or about the network. So that's why you have uh, mobile forensics, you have um, computer forensics, you have uh, the network forensics. So anybody, any corporation that has a need for that kind of investigation, that's on the investigative point of view. But we also have the proactive point of view, which is to prevent um, some of these things. So you don't wait um, to be attacked. You actually protect your data infrastructure and even to something as common as um, cybersecurity awareness, because um, like they say, the user is of, often the most, uh, is the is a weakest link in the chain. So we do all of that from the simple things of cybersecurity awareness to the complex things of um, securing your, your, your network infrastructure, your computing infrastructure. And also, should there be an event, um, a cyber incident or whatever incident that affects your uh, network infrastructure, information technology infrastructure, we can also come in in terms of investigation and also ensure that um, you have a purpose, a seamless business continuity plan. Mm -hmm. um, what are your social media accounts or your website address? Okay, my our website address is uh, www.digitalfootprint. So I'm going to spell it D-I-G-I-T-A-L-F-O-O-T-P-R-I-N-T-S. It's the plural, .ng. We're a Nigerian company, so it's a .ng. I'm probably clear. <laughs> yeah, you know, and if you're watching, you're going to see the website on your screen. If you're listening to the show on the radio or on a podcast at all, then um, you're going to be able to find in the show notes the address um, for the website for Dr. Sabri. Now, um, what would you tell somebody out there who's listening? And I mean, they have no security on, and they use the same passwords all the time. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's really annoying to have your credit card information stolen or um, things like that. I mean, it, it's happened to me three times now. <laughs> yeah, um, starting from the last thing you mentioned, which is your credit card. Once you have an idea or you, you suspect that your credit card has been breached or stolen, I think it's always very good to quickly report to your financial institution. Um, that said, I think let's go to the very basic thing um, you need to do from time to time. So there's this thing I like to do, which I advise everyone to do, which is to um, check yourself out on the search engine, type your name, you know, see what comes out, see the footprints you have out there, see if you left too many information anywhere. And the good thing is that most of the data protection regulations across the world um, do have provisions where you could actually reach out to um, the company that you gave that information to, to say, look, I don't want this out there anymore. So from time to time, you check out your footprints. And there are also ways to automate these. For instance, I think Google has uh, what they call Google Alerts, which you could um, you know, type what you want Google to periodically check for new information, just in case if there's a new information about you or about the keyword um, under review. And then there are also very basic things which we take for granted. For instance, we, um, a lot of persons just, uh, you see a public Wi-Fi and you just jump in and start using it. Um, that is very, very easy for someone to compromise. Um, using man in the middle attack, or, you know, it's very easy uh, for somebody to compromise your browsing session. 
Um, also, um, from time to time, if you particularly are doing something very sensitive, you use uh, VPN as well. And your passwords use very strong passwords. Um, I know we all suffer from password overload sometimes, uh, but it's something we really need to continue that practice of making sure that you have a very strong combination, eight and above characters uh, mixed with uh, lowercase, uppercase, and special um, characters. Um, also, password all your devices, and then if there's any issue, quickly report any breach. Also, uh, make sure you turn off your geolocation tool, particularly when you don't really have any need for it, because that can give away your location. And then if the cyber stalker or the person doing the cyber bullying has a particular interest in your location, you'll be giving your location too easily, and that isn't um, good. Also, log out of devices that you're not, um, or when you're done using it. Um, yeah, basically, these are some of the basic tips to help you. Um, because all of these things um, shape your online reputation. You, you never can tell who's checking you out there. Um, you could be applying for a job, and the first thing your, your would-be employer does is to simply type your name online. And anything he sees, he might decide not to go ahead or to stop there or to reach out to you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, as a parent, I've Googled a couple of my daughter's boyfriends. <laughs> and, and, you know, most of the time nothing will pop up. But one time I'm like, oh, my goodness, did you know this? And she didn't know that. And so. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing, the online reputation. Um, over time, all of these um, little footprints you leave out there, you know, and then just for purposes of um, you know, educating your viewers, um, the footprints is not always something that is negative. It's also something that helps the law enforcement agent tracks the crime, the criminals. So um, one of the oldest um, criminology theories, which is the low cards exchange principle, which says that every criminal leaves a print, leaves you know, a bit of himself wherever um, there was a crime is still um, relies on the footprints. In the terrestrial world, your normal footprints or whatever you touch, fingerprints and all that. In the digital world, your digital footprints. So footprints could also solve a crime. Yeah, and you know, I think that um, people don't realize when they're using the internet, all of the different ways that your data can be collected. And like you said, that's not bad always, you know. And in fact, I love it when criminals are stupid and they leave behind their footprints so they can get caught. Yeah, we will do. <laughs> uh, so one question I ask all of my guests on my show is, what is one obstacle that you've had in life and how did you overcome that obstacle or are you still overcoming it? Um, well, I, I come from a very, a very challenging part of Nigeria um, where, you know, getting access to quality education was, was a problem. You know, I, I, I come from a family um, where education is given, you know, high premium. So my, my dad was a school teacher. My dad also was trained in America. So I kind of grew in that environment where I knew what quality education was. And here I was, um, I was at, you know, uh, at some point I felt I wasn't going to get a very good education because I didn't want to go to the schools around here. So I think one of the big obstacles for me was one, growing up without a dad because, um, um, you know, my dad died when I was young. So 
that was a big setback for me personally as as his only um my mom's only son his only son so that was a big obstacle the next big obstacle was trying to get a good education so um the schools around here at the time didn't quite give me what i wanted but i decided that i was not going to be limited by my environment so i started very early in life to reach out to read to read very wide and not to allow myself fall by any local standards so i i reached out and started to you know, I look out for the best people out there. I still do that do that today. I, I check out for, for people who are quite illustrious in my discipline, who have made a name for themselves. And I try to see, okay, what can I do to get better or even to get as good as they are? So I think that um, is what is kind of paying off the fact that I invested my youth uh, properly, the fact that I you know, I was lucky. My father left a, a legacy of, of education, a big library of books. And so I started reading things very early in life. I think that is what has buoyed me and propelled me to this point. And um, I, I, I haven't even started. I'm still, I'm still at the very <laughs> basic level of what I think I should be. So it's a continuous um, struggle. But in doing that, um, I have three, three kids. So I, I try to also make sure that I I, I set a very good example for them too. And that you have. I've read your biography. And if you're listening to the show right now, you'll be able to um, read Dr. Savi's um, bio in the notes. And it's really impressive because honestly, when I found your website, my first thought was Nigeria has this amazing company. And I was kind of surprised because of all the information I've read on Nigeria, it seems like um, like the education part of everything is challenged over there. And it seems now correct me if I'm wrong, um, which I very well could be, but it seems like a more um, economically challenged area of the world. Yeah, Nigeria is, um, Nigeria is challenged and um, particularly uh, why it's very striking is because uh, Nigerians are very smart people and very good people too. So you see Nigerians all over the world, they're the best doctors, the best teachers, mm -hmm. they're, they're the best in everything they do. But unfortunately, the system here um, really isn't working. So um, that has been a challenge uh, here. So I think... Um, when I when we started Digital Footprints, um, like I said, I didn't look around here. I looked at the best. I looked at how the best laboratories were running. I looked at how the best digital forensic laboratories were running. I looked at the kind of certifications out there. So I wasn't going to be a local champion. I wanted to get the certifications that the best are having in the, in the United States, in Great Britain, in Korea, in, in you know, all of the good places that we look up to. I wanted to get all those skills, and that is what um, informed our precision in planning, our, our, our design, our philosophy. Um, we have a very strong research and development um, culture. We spend almost a year trying to get our staff to get up to speed, to get better than um, you know anything around here. So um, the big, the big thing out there is because we have been able to set a standard that is not local. While we're solving local problems. Um, we look up to the best standards out there to shape our local solutions. Well, you're doing a great job. And I think that your dad would be very, very proud of you, to say the least. Um, you know, um, I did notice, too, that you had uh, been recognized by Forbes 
which is a huge accomplishment, huge, huge accomplishment. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was very recently. Um, well, I didn't know it was going to attract as much as much congratulations that I got. I was kind of overwhelmed by it. Yeah, but that just happened recently. Forbes is a great organization and um, it's a great community. And that community gives you um, the leverage to share your ideas. You know, you're a thought leader. You should be able to share your ideas. And uh, Forbes is a very fantastic platform um, to, to do so. Uh, there are lots of very you know, top-rated people, CEOs, CIOs, top executive, um, technology executives in the Forbes Technology Council. So, yeah, it's a great honor to be in the council and to leverage the platform to be able to share um, our, our technical knowledge and our technical insight, um, ultimately for the good of humanity. Mm -hmm. Well, what an inspiration you are. I mean, really, anybody who's listening to this, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your challenges are. If you really put your mind to do something, I mean, you just proved, Dr. Sabi, that you can do it. You, you know, you just plow past those obstacles. You just keep going, right? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Um, we go through lots. And I, I already shared uh, my background, losing my dad at a very early age. And then was someone I looked up to a lot. And um, I didn't have any big brother or any 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 big uncle um, out there in the in the kind of space I wanted, you know. Uh, but I didn't have any standard that was very close to me. So what I did was I created my standard. I created the thing. I wanted to be, I, I created an image. And because I, I felt no one also would um, comprehend what I wanted for myself, I used to keep it to myself. You know, I didn't want anybody to discourage me. So um, I set a very high standard and I kept it to myself. So I started to work towards it, you know, to dream. I still have a lot of dreams that I, I am still pushing and still, you know, working towards, which sometimes I don't share because I don't want anybody to discourage me. I want to stay focused on being um, the best man I can be. So to your audience out there, yes, you can you can overcome a lot, any obstacle, any deprivation, whatever your background is. Um, they tell you Nigeria is not good, but I'm in Nigeria and we're doing a good job and I'm not alone. There are lots of people here, uh, brilliant people also contributing uh, to that effect. So. You can do anything as long as you work towards it, you have your mind focused and um, you don't set local standards, don't conform to um, things that are not up to speed, up to standard that you'd like to achieve. I love that. So not only did we talk about the digital footprint, but we also covered creating your own footprint. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I'd like my children and my great-grandchildren to look back and see my footprints and be proud of who their dad and their granddad and their great-granddad was. Oh, I love it. Love it. Thank you so much for spending some of your valuable time with me. I appreciate it. And I'll never forget our time here. And I think that this show is going to help many people for various different reasons, besides um, learning a little bit more about your digital footprint. You had some amazing advice to pass on to my listeners. So thank you very much for that. Thank you, Patsy. It's been a honor, a very huge honor to be on your show. Um, it's very, very interesting that you reached out all the way um, through many time zones to some somebody in Nigeria, somebody in the African space. So 
Um, it, it speaks a lot about you, about your, your concern for humanity and for everyone. And um, I'm grateful for, for that. I had to check your footprints, by the way, before I accept it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> do it. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. And, and I do appreciate that. And, and I love hearing from people all over the world. I think it's so important, um, especially when we try to teach our children things. You know, we have to learn to understand each other and um, work together to really improve the world. And you're definitely doing that. And I'm, I'm very proud to now know you and um, I appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening and make sure you go over to digitalfootprints.ng, correct? Yes, that's correct. Wonderful. Okay. And thank you again, everybody uh, for your time. And until next Friday, I will see you later. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please head over to pattycatter.com for the latest updates on Patty, her talk show, and what she's up to. You can also find her on Amazon TV and Roku, and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Patty Catter. Until next time.